2: And a good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along for the fun ride here.
3: Good morning, Frank. Good
2: morning, Charlie.
3: And to our one friend who we hope yeah. is listening. <laughs> well,
2: friend, welcome. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> my, my job, my main job is to make sure that folks have got the phone numbers down mm-hmm. pat, okay? Get so I'll to get it. That, I'll get to it right away here. In Toronto, if you like get a hold of uh, Charlie Dobbin and a lot of people who are a lot of creditors. Uh, 416 360 <laughs> 0740 then anywhere else in the province it's toll free 1866740 4, uh 4740 okay, there you go. <laughs> That's correct. one 866 740 right. And Neda is the first voice you will hear, and is going to be really speaking up loudly today. I know, she's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> she's such a soft, gentle little lady.
3: She's not little, but she's soft and gentle. Well, <laughs> yes.
2: Well, I'm, I'm we assuming her. so, yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> and the, the mantra? yes. Call early, call often, one question per call. Mm. There you go. All
3: right. couple of uh, quick announcements. Yo. Thanks to Rosemary Dobson who sent these in. Uh, of course, Rosemary, if you could possibly send them earlier than midnight Friday night, that would be good <laughs> because I'm reading these off of my cell phone right now. Okay. So tomorrow, two events that uh, Rosemary tells us about. One is the Greater Toronto Bulb Society. They are meeting at Cummer Park Community Centre, which is 6000 Leslie Street, right at the southwest corner of Leslie and 1 1.30 in the afternoon. A couple of great things going on in terms of their speaking. They've got Malcolm Geist speaking on bugs, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. Also, there's a short presentation by Dougald Cameron of Garden Imports, and he'll be telling you all about bulb hunting in Holland. Oh. So that'd be that'll be fun, because, you know, Dugald knows his bulbs, and so he'll be talking about what he found in Holland, and of course what he'll be selling in uh, through his through Garden Imports. Also going on tomorrow, Toronto Japanese Garden Club uh, takes place at the the meeting takes place at the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center. It's not really a meeting so much. It's uh, tomorrow from twelve noon until five p.m. There's Ikebana. Designs mm-hmm. on display. There's a bonsai show, which is always fun, right? That's the whole Little, world. Tiny, world in miniature, yeah. yeah. Uh, world of forests and, you know, rivers and dale. And there's also a mum and houseplant show. So, tomorrow afternoon, what else are you going to do on a rainy day? Yeah, exactly. Right? So, if you're in either of these, um, the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center is at 6 Garamond Court. So, you know, speaking of rain, it looks yes, like there's uh, a lot coming.
2: We're in for it, and apparently, uh, not so bad today and tomorrow, but it's Monday that we're going to be uh, hit partially by the big storm that's coming in.
3: Coming up Sandy. from the Caribbean, yeah. Sandy. Um, so looking at the long term, they're projecting rain every day for the next yeah. five or six days. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's raining right now. Now, it's a bit gloomy, and it's you know, a bit dark, and it's slower driving, but it's really good for the garden. Oh really? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, there's no question getting that the ground thoroughly saturated before winter is great. Yeah, now the trees are going to love all this. Well, the big yeah, wind yeah. just means all the leaves are going to fall off, and then we're still going to have that work to have to pick up those leaves once it stops raining. But um, nevertheless, it, it is it is good. I mean, obviously, be careful of any flooding and, and those kinds of things. Also remember, the leaves that are blocking the sewer covers yeah, on the street. Yeah. yeah, keep an eye out for that. Just run out with a rake and pull the leaves back. Keep that water th- flowing through the to the uh, storm sewers.
2: Okay. Uh, uh, Netta's been hard at work already, and she's mm. got callers lined up, and they're just itching to talk to you. Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener here at AM 740. Well, we'll get to uh, have a chat with Jack in Welland in just a couple of moments here on Zoomer Radio.
4: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. you
1: picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And the sous chef Frank Proctor jumping to Jack here in... Uh, Welland. Welland, yes. Hello, Hello <laughs> Jack, how are you? Very good. Good morning. I'm, I'd am i like to know a, a, a little bit about candle lily. Uh-huh. Okay. It's got the first frost. Mm-hmm. And then what I did is uh, took it out of the pot mm-hmm. and put it in the garage to dry. All
3: right.
2: And then I put it into a cardboard box with beet pe- moss. Okay. And kept it cool in the garage. Uh-huh. Is, was I doing the right thing?
3: You're all good so far. Did you remove all the foliage before you popped it into the peat moss?
2: I did, yeah. Good,
3: good. Yep. And all you want to do now is keep it dry or, you know, mostly dry. If there's a little bit of moisture in that peat moss, it's okay, but not, obviously, any sogginess. Okay. But it's dark, is very important, and cool makes all the difference.
5: Dark and cool.
3: Yep. All right. That's why you you sink that tuber down under the peat moss, because even if it's cool, if light gets to the tuber, it will start to grow. Like, it'll respond to light. And you want to keep it dormant for the winter, and you keep uh-huh. it dormant by keeping it dark and cool.
6: Yeah, I'm going to keep it in
2: a basement uh Into a close closet in the basement where it's cool. Perfect.
3: Yeah, I've even kept them, because I don't have a really good cool spot, I've kept them in a warm basement, and I found it all was really worked better if everything was dark. As soon as light gets on the plant, it'll grow. So dark is really the most important. Darkness. Yeah.
2: All right. Thanks, thanks very Jack. Much. No, no fair peeking at it, you know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jack. Thanks for joining us. Well, I will us. spray it. <laughs> all right. Missed it once in a while. Yeah,
3: do check it once in a while. Make sure it's still firm. You don't want it to get all shriveled and wrinkled and, and dried out, and then you also don't want it to rot. So there's that fine line of yeah, right. correct moisture.
2: Okay. Thank you very much. You're thank you very Jack.
3: welcome. Thanks, Jack.
2: And here's, uh, here's Mary in Brampton joining us. Charlie, good
3: morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Uh... Oh. Oh, boy. Uh, Okay. You're flipping in and out. I think we've got you now.
6: Okay. Uh, I planted my tulips yesterday. Excellent. Is it with all this rain? I'm concerned about rot.
3: Well, you're right. Uh, the rain does make it very, very soggy. But where you planted the tulips, is it a reasonably well-drained soil? As reasonable as it could be in a garden. Okay, don't worry. They'll be fine. Like, they are dormant now. You've planted them, obviously, pointy and up, down right. three or four inches deep. Yeah, with bone meal. With bone meal, which is brilliant. And um, the, they started to grow within seconds of you planting them. Wow. That's how much they're ready to go. And, of course, soil temperature is perfect. So they've started to put roots out. All this rain is going to encourage that growth, and they're just going to settle in for the winter. I'm so, so glad. My husband worried. and I have been
6: arguing over it, <laughs>
3: oh. No, there's nothing you can do. I mean, we do try to always avoid planting any bulbs in low-lying, soggy areas. We always look for the, the well-drained spots. But at the end of the day, don't consider digging them up and moving them. Just leave them yeah. alone.
6: Well, I've always planted bulbs, but this is the first time the rain has been incredible.
3: I know. Well, we, you know, Mother Nature, what are we going to do? We can't. Nothing. We can't do anything. And no. like I said, it's gro- so good for so many of the trees and all the plants True. that have been True. suffering. Okay, I'll just keep my fingers crossed. Exactly. Let us know how that works. Let us know next spring. Will do. Thanks, Mary. Bye.
2: Thank you. Hey, you're listening to The Garden Show here at AM740. Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener, set to talk to Brenda now, hailing from Dundas. Good morning, Brenda.
4: Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, my question is about the compost that we make in our own yards. Mm-hmm. Is it a fertilizer, and if it is, Should you avoid spreading it around things like coneflowers and blanket flowers that don't actually need fertilizing?
3: It's a great question. Okay, remember, the quality of the compost you make at home is completely dependent on what you put into it. Mm. Okay, so what do you make your compost with?
4: Mostly tea leaves, coffee grinds, um, peelings. Mm -hmm. Just the regular and and orange rinds, things like that. Right, so
3: kitchen waste.
4: I put a layer of very small leaves Mm -hmm. and a little bit of grass clippings, Mm -hmm. and then I put a little bit of soil, and then I start again.
3: Perfect. So what you've got there is what we sometimes refer to as gardener's gold. It's just wonderful, fluffy, dark-colored.
4: Yeah, I got some out the other day, and it's all black and, and gooey and...
3: Well, the gooey part's not so good. <laughs> um, if it's gooey, then add more leaves because that'll help with the okay. drainage and, and aeration. But bottom line is, um, so is it a fertilizer? It does have nutritional, um, it has nutrient in it because it has all the material broken down that you put into it. Whether it's leaves or orange peels, there are all kinds of wonderful elements in there. The other thing that's in compost, though, is life. There's little microorganisms, there's little bacteria, there's fungus, there's all kinds of cool things happening in the compost that also bring your regular garden soil to life because of what is in the compost. So when we use it as a, as a top dressing around our garden plants... Yes, we are adding nutrient now. It's not like banging it over the head with a with a dose of of Miracle Grow or something like that. It's a it's a very low, slow feed. But like I say, it's it's that living material that really makes the difference to our gardens. The one I would never hesitate to put it around things like cone flowers, like you said. The one time we never put our homemade compost around plants in the fall would be our roses. When we oh. think about hilling the roses in the fall and, you know, as that sort of that winter protection idea, mm-hmm. you do not want to use compost for that. All right. Because there is just, there's heat in there um, and there's so much life in there that you tend to keep your roses going when you want them to go to sleep and just stay asleep. Uh, oh, I'm so, glad you
4: told me that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's but a the one flowers and blanket flowers, uh, I should just, it's all right to put compost on. They'll
3: be very happy for it it's and that they'll just not, be but
4: not the miracle world,
3: right? bigger and better next year. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be dissing Miracle Grow. It's just it's a difference because Miracle Grow is like an instant feed, whereas mm-hmm. compost is a not so instant. It's a slow process. Thank you. Okay, very good, okay. Brenda. Thanks, Thanks for your call. Thank you
2: for joining us here in the Garden Show. I saw uh, that. Uh our our good friend Marilyn cornered mm-hmm. you just as she was leaving. She was so writing good. down little yep. little notes. She was on her way to a big do this weekend. Of course, is the Zoomer show. That's right. At the uh, Direct Energy Center and Exhibition Place. And now she has a. Uh, she has
3: I a will tell you here, what right? she told me because yeah. you know Marilyn. She's so well, good at I this. I know Marilyn, uh, the previous host of the show just before us, uh, is hosting. An amazing, and always does, amazing uh, fashion show down at the Zoomer show. And, of course, the name of the, her fashion show is Age is Just a Number. Today at 4, I can't read my writing, 450, four, 450, 10 to 5. Today on the main stage, there will there'll be this wonderful fashion show with the theme Age is Just a Number. And Marilyn wanted to let you know her booth is just at the back of the main stage. And this is your old sous chef of
2: the garden, Frank Rogers. Old sous chef, as yes, well. Undergardener. Well, I'm I'm going along with the theme that age is not, you know, it's just a number. It's yeah. right. It, exactly. Well, it is just a number. And I'm going to do my exercise. you,
3: you know, that, yes. As you will, because I know you, just the kickboxing maniac. <laughs> I tell you, how does how does Frank do it? How does he stay so active and still laughing at the same time? And you know, even though age is just a number, sometimes joints start to get oh, yeah. a little achy. Yeah. Well, both Frank and I take a product called Sierra Sill, which is a completely natural mineral supplement, which is designed to help us maintain our favorite activities. Uh, it's it's very simple three little pills once a day, and and we feel pretty good. Well, you know, the knees don't hurt so much when I get up from the computer. <laughs> so, for more information about Sierra Sill, check them out on the web, sierrasil.ca, dot ca, or give them a call at one eight seven seven. Joint 14, or you can even pick up Sierra at many health food stores, including Essence of Life uh, in Kensington Market and at the Big Carrot on Danforth Avenue.
2: Can I sing my little jingle now? Sure. S I E R R A S. I-L. There we go.
3: You're good. You're good. Oh. Hey, we're going to be joined with us by a special guest in a little while. Uh, about 10 minutes or so, we'll have Aldona Satterthwaite on the show. Aldona is the Executive Director of the Toronto Botanical Gardens. She joined us once a couple of years ago. Yes. You may remember. Uh, she's going to join us again to tell us a little bit about the financial crisis that uh, oh, the oh. Toronto Botanical Gardens is currently facing.
2: Well, let's see if we can help them out. Uh, anyway That's can. my hope. Meantime, we'll get back to our callers here. Uh, George is on the line from Coburg. Hi, George. Good morning. Hi. Morning. Morning. I don't know whether you can help me out or not, but I've had to remove a a lilac tree that was very close to my house. And uh, I've got most of the roots out, but there's still some roots there. I was wondering if there's something that I could... uh, and, and put in the hole where I've dug it to kill the roots.
3: So what's happening? Little plants are st- coming up from the root, little suckers?
2: Well, that's probably what will happen, and I don't want it because it's right against my wall, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's starting to crack the wall.
3: Okay, now what is, is that a garden there? Or is that lawn there? What—what What is there? What's that? Is it a garden where those roots are still existing, or, you know, um, where is it, or do you plan for that to garden,
4: be... A little bit of a garden there, and I want to get, I'm going to do it. Take the whole thing right out and just put lawn
3: there. Okay, ultimately you want to put lawn. All right, that's my question. All right, so what I would do, there's no product that you're going to want to pour onto those roots, pour into the soil, onto those roots, that that will be effective at killing the roots, but not ultimately make the soil toxic. Okay. Like yeah. logically we know you could pour salt in there, you could pour bleach in there, you could pour gasoline in there. You can kill the roots. But you will also destroy your soil. Yeah. And then you won't be growing any lawn or anything there. What I would do is I would suffocate the roots. Get a hold of some dark tarpaulin material, dark plastic of any kind. Uh do it I would even do it now, get it on the ground now. Yeah. Whatever however big that sheet of plastic needs to be. It might be eight feet by eight feet or ten by ten lay it directly on the ground where you know those roots are, pile up dirt or rocks, soil, all the way around the edge of that tarpaulin, and let it sit there all winter, uh, and let it sit there through the beginning of the spring. Let it sit there right till even early June. And the more sun that's beating down on that hot or that dark plastic, the more it will heat up the soil, and it will kill whatever's living underneath there in the way of plants.
2: Good and I I wasn't I was thinking maybe getting a liar or
4: something for on it but you know, like you say it don't ruin up for everything else.
2: Yep. Correct.
3: Yep. Yeah. But suffocation does work. The trick is uh the roots will will you know sort of shrivel up and die as long as they can't photosynthesize. As long as they can't send little green leaves up. As soon right. as those little green leaves go up then the roots take off again. Right. So that's where you're going to stop any green leaf action by by suffocating and dark plastic heats up better than than a light color. Okay,
2: okay, then, fine. All right. Yep, thank, thank you, George. You so much. Good All luck right. with that. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care of the folks in the Coburg for us. Uh, Charlie Dobbin getting to the root of the problem <laughs> once again. Hi, uh, heavens. Uh, oh, the phone numbers, just in case we missed off the top there. 416-360-0740 in Toronto and anywhere else in the province. one 740 4740 And Sharon in Cannington waiting to talk to you next. Hi, Sharon.
6: Oh, morning. Yes, hi. Um, I left my paper in the other room. (laughs) Anyways, I have a hibiscus.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: If you can hold this. Sure, sure. Go ahead.
2: I'll tap dance till ready. Well, actually, (laughs) while
3: while Sharon's running to get her piece of paper, interesting, you know, we we use the term hibiscus all the time. There are so many kinds of hibiscus out there. There's tropical hibiscus. There's herbaceous hibiscus that comes up as a perennial. And then there's the rose of Sharon shrub. It's also a hibiscus. So uh, I think it's important that we find out what kind of hibiscus Sharon's got. <laughs>
6: now, you, now you've confused me.
3: <laughs> Tell I, me what it looks like.
6: It's uh, about five and a half feet tall. It's a tree, mm-hmm. and it's about three feet wide. Mm-hmm. And it's called the um, Hawaiian Sunset Hibiscus.
3: Does mm-hmm. that mean
6: anything? Well, it sounds it's great. It's tropical.
3: Okay, yep. Yeah, that sounds great, yep. Yeah.
6: So... Now what do I do with it? <laughs> <laughs> i sprayed it. Good. And I've stuck it in a big container of uh, soapy water with oil and all that stuff. Oh, my. Okay. And now it's raining like crazy, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't bring it in because I have no space in the house. What can I oh. do with it?
3: <laughs> well, ultimately, it's got to come uh, inside somewhere if it's going to survive the winter. Mm-hmm. It will not survive outside. It, it As soon as it gets to... Oh, about three degrees Celsius or lower—it's toast. Oh, so uh, maybe a neighbor has a has a
6: no. I've asked everyone. Uh,
3: have you? What about the local school or the library or you know what I mean? All you need is a sunny window. <laughs> Somebody with a sunny window and room, because it's a great plant. You hate to uh, lose it, but ultimately there is no way to overwinter that. I, ex- I mean, unless you had. A controlled, unheated. Well, you see, you still need that. You need that above zero yeah. situation okay. going on to to, right. to make it uh, work. Wouldn't
2: that be pretty heavy? I mean, it sounds big, like a, yeah. you know yeah, a fairly substantial plant. Particularly with the rain. Heavy, yeah. yeah,
3: it's even heavier with all the rain coming down. It's <laughs> thoroughly saturated. Yeah, I know. Sometimes people end up putting them on a dolly, you know, for moving these things around mm-hmm. in and out, spring and fall. Yeah, that's too bad. You don't have any room for it. So. Well, maybe somebody who's listening in the Cannington area can get a hold of Sharon and, you know, find a home for this uh, beautiful hibiscus that really does need a home. And, uh, and like I say, it'd be a shame to have it die, but it will die if it gets too cold. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Sorry, I can't Thank come up you, with a Sharon. better yeah. suggestion.
2: Son okay. yeah. of a gun. Uh, we're going to have to put the skids on for just a moment here because we have a special guest. Today we weekend. do have yes. a special
3: guest. We are being joined, and I mentioned earlier, by Aldona Satterthwaite. She is the executive director of the Toronto Botanical Garden. As you know, TBG is a registered educational charity, and it's facing a financial crisis due to the lack of an endowment. So they need to find a decent level of annual recurring core base funding that can be depended upon and built on. And so Aldona's joining us to share some of the gory details of what's going on and why they're in trouble. And then hopefully we're going to get some ideas for moving forward and
2: reach out for some help
3: and reach mm-hmm. out for some help. Good morning, Aldona.
5: Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good, Good morning. rainy Morning, I should say. No, no
3: kidding. eh? It's <laughs> yeah. a bit of a gloomy one.
5: Oh, well, we need the rain. That's we for sure. We sure
3: do. <laughs> So I started by saying that, you know, oh my gosh, you're you guys are in trouble. But but it's you saw this coming. I mean, you've had that parking lot construction go on for the last 6 months that really kind of messed up your ability to earn money in the last 6 months, right?
5: Yes, it did. No, it it cost us about $180,000 in lost revenue this year and and for an organization such as ours and i think actually for anybody that's a lot of money sure is um but it's not something we can get back from the city due to our management agreement and you know it's just one of those things that we're we're just trying to ride it out Mm -hmm. and uh, working very hard to raise funds and Mm -hmm. also looking to the future charlie as you said Mm -hmm. what we need is a little bit more stability than we have today
3: right and now i know you on behalf of the tbg made a um, a presentation to the Parks and Recreation Committee of the, C- of the City of Toronto. It was
5: actually the Parks and Environment Committee, okay. uh, and what they recommended uh, is that we appear before the Budget Committee, which mm-hmm. will probably happen in December. What we're asking for, Charlie, is an increase uh, in our annual support from the city, which for the past 35 years and more has stood at a flat $25,000 a year toward maintenance. Now, the problem is to maintain our 17 gardens and our facilities actually costs us
3: 400 thousand. I was gonna say Whoa. 25 thousand yeah. dollars doesn't even vacuum the rugs, does it, or well, sweep you know, the floors? Well,
5: in, in today's dollars, even if we would have had cost of living increases, mm-hmm. it would have been ninety two thousand six hundred
3: from 35 years that's ago. Right. Yeah, that's right.
5: Yeah. So, so I mean, honestly, it, it it barely pays for the loo Roll, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but you know, but but to be fair, the city does help us in other mm-hmm. ways. I mm-hmm. mean, their actual uh, cash and in-kind contribution to us is about $200,000 because they do not charge us rent. Mm-hmm. Um, they pay for our basic utilities. They take care of the snow shoveling in the parking lot that belongs to the city um, and so forth. So, they, you know, it, it wouldn't be fair to say it's just $25,000.
3: No, no, I suppose. No, But
5: but, but, but our operating budget is $1.6 Right. Right. So mm-hmm. th- that actually is the only... Um, government support we receive from anyone.
3: And, and you look for every source of revenue that you can, things like the gift shop and programming yes. and uh, um, obviously rentals. Many people have weddings and photography sessions cause in, in the beautiful gardens. So you're doing all that to try and maximize your revenue, right? Well,
5: that's right. And, and, you know, interestingly enough, this year our revenues are actually up on all those fronts. The shop is mm. doing great. You know, our membership hasn't been higher than, than we are now for years. Um, it, it's just not enough, though. Mm-hmm. I, what we need is uh, a good, stable base of support. So as I said, we're going, we're going to the Budget Committee. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask them to increase our annual, um, con- their annual contribution to us to Mm -hmm. $160,000 per annum.
2: That will go a long way to help. It would go an incredibly
5: long way, and it would give us the stability we need. And we're looking for other ways. You know, we're not just sitting around, uh, you know, boo-hoo-hooing. No, not at all. No, no. I mean, we have a fantastically resourceful staff. There's 23 of us, uh, full and part-time personnel. And then we have 400 fantastic volunteers, you know, know. that do all kinds of things for us. And it, it really is... Um, A very collaborative, almost family-oriented place that we all work together as a team. It's a non-hierarchical kind of place. I mean, I I don't like bossing people around particularly. (laughs) That's no fun. I, I like plants.
3: And so, but, and Aldona, like remember you, you were you and I were even saying yesterday when we spoke that in the last two years since you took over the helm and and the energy and the vitality has just increased so dramatically at that place, you've got, your team has come up with over a hundred new initiatives of events and things and activities and at, money saving things too. <laughs> I have no, to add. Yeah. kinds of like it, they are so creative and yeah.
5: fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's not me. I, I I'm I feel like I guess the best way to describe what I do is I'm the orchestra. Conductor, mm-hmm. but you know I have a fantastic orchestra, and yeah. uh, they're so filled with ideas and enthusiasm. There are superstars like Paul Zameit and Liz Hood, and mm-hmm. and oh gosh, I could go on. Sandra and on.
3: Pella's great. Oh yeah. my gosh, she's yeah.
5: fantastic. Yeah. Our, our our head gardener, and uh, you know so many others that really step up every day and they give their heart and soul and blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> and everything. We are doing everything in our power to really, really get this thing stable. And, you know, it's what it's deserved to have uh, for the past 10 years. Next year is our 10th anniversary of being Toronto Botanical Garden. Uh, Before that, we were the Civic Garden Centre. Right. No. I'm just
2: thinking, uh, Aldana, as, as you're speaking here uh, about you being a conductor of the orchestra, maybe what you need is a lot of volunteer players to come in and fill those seats and, and really make your orchestra big. There might be some folks out there who have you know, some great ideas on how to raise money for that you. That would be great. And what, was a, what would be the best way for them to contact you?
5: Well, they could certainly email me, and I'll give you my email. It's director at... Toronto Botanical Garden, no S on the end. dot ca.
3: Right now, there was some other ideas. I mean, join the TBG. It's not that expensive. What no. do I pay? I think I pay twenty dollars a year or something to be oh, a member. Man. Well, you it's know, we have, maybe it's, 25.
5: it's $45. Oh, is it forty five? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
3: um, and
5: and uh, you know, but but it makes a great gift for garden loving friends for the holidays. You know, and if you are a member, maybe consider stepping up to the friend level, which is about $100 a year uh, and more. And, uh, you know, come and, come shop at our gift shop. It's a fantastic shop, mm-hmm. doing really well. If you need to buy presents for people, mm-hmm. and if you're a member, you get a discount. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, in my blog this week, I have a blog on the tr- uh, torontobotanicalgarden.ca uh, website mm-hmm. uh, called I'll, Aldona uh, at large, and I write about a number of ways. So, if your listeners would like to check it out, it's on it's on our homepage um, below the revolving pictures. And this week, it's called "Straight from the Horse's Mouth." <laughs> <laughs> the horse's guess who? That was I was that just going to say, <laughs> but at the, the horse- end, you know, I give I give um, five five ways that you can help even if you have yeah. no money what would really help us is if if you write to your counselor mm-hmm. if you write to the budget committee you know if you post a testimonial on our website if you like the work that we do mm-hmm. these are these are easy ways that you know Support. it would really really help us and uh, if you go if you go to the blog all you have to do is click on certain links and you don't even have to look up the counselors Uh, addresses and all that stuff because we have it all laid out for you right there. I
3: know. You guys are organized. And the other thing I wanted you to mention, you have a promise of $50,000 Yes. if you can raise $50,000. I
5: I tell you, when I found this out, I actually started crying on the phone. Mm. Somebody called up and said, you know what? If you can find another $50,000, we will match that. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Honestly, I, I, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm, I almost had a heart attack, <laughs> Joy, my a pulse. joyful heart <laughs> <Yeah>. attack. <laughs> anyway, so this is how this works. We have a public fundraising campaign at the moment called Hearts and Flowers. And uh, if we can find matching gifts, we'll get that $50,000. Mm-hmm. And the other good news is because we're a registered educational uh, charity, you you get a tax receipt mm-hmm. um, for anything uh, fifteen dollars and over, so that if you make a gift to us, mm-hmm. your gift will be doubled. That's right. And so if I you get a tax receipt, Isn't sure, that
3: terrific. Well, that's terrific. So if yeah. I send in twenty dollars, it's like forty to exactly. you, and I get the tax receipt. You betcha. Well, how, and, and, how and you know the thing about,
5: about, about Toronto Botanical Garden, it's the city's only botanical garden, mm-hmm. and it's free for everyone. The parking is free. Yeah. Everyone is welcome to come. We have a, we have. Uh, The country's largest private horticultural library. You're Mm -hmm. free to browse, use the computers, look at our fantastic magazines. It's a great place. It is,
3: and friendly volunteers. There's always events going on, not to mention how beautiful it is. Just to hang out. Quality of life, yeah.
5: You know, I I go to work every morning with a (laughs) smile on my face, and I have to patrol the property to look at our 17 gardens and see what's new that day.
3: I'm always so jealous of you working there, I know. It's like, oh, too bad. (laughs)
5: Getting to go there every day. Wow. It it really is. It's a joyful, lovely place, and I I feel so privileged to have a job there. I really do. Well, Well, I
2: hope uh, some of the folks out there take this to heart and give you a, a, a ring or. Uh, get a hold of you via your uh, email,
3: email or read read the yeah. blog, because Aldona's blog is great. It's very chatty, and all those points she just made are there, ideas and suggestions and ways to help, if if you can.
5: I so appreciate having this opportunity, Charlie and Frank. Thank you so oh, much. Oh,
3: our pleasure. Thanks, welcome. Aldona. Have a great day. And you too. Okay. Stay dry. Okay, then. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you. So, thank- yes. I was going to say, so remember, it's www. Toronto Botanical Garden single, dot, C-A. So Toronto Botanical Garden, of course, is all one word.
2: You've got it, okay. And we'll return to the callers in just moments here on AM 740. This is The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. I'm Frank Proctor. Charlie Dobbin, our Master Gardener, will be speaking in moments to Francis in Toronto
1: fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than we do realize and should little creatures become a big problem well then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio AM 740
2: and coming around to 942 in a drizzly uh, wet Soggy
3: Saturday. Sort of a gray and gloomy one. But Yeah, we're
2: here to cheer you up, though. Yeah. Let's, let's see what we can do, what we can do. To <laughs> help Francis. I
3: can do, did you say?
2: Yes. Hello, the royal Francis. We. Welcome Hello. to Charlie's show.
3: <laughs> morning, Francis.
6: Good morning. I have a question regarding an orchid. Mm-hmm. I had it since March, and all the flowers had fallen down. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me to cut the stalks off. And nothing has grown up yet, but the plant is beautiful.
3: Okay. Well, that's all right. The, um, every plant needs a rest, and orchids bloom longer than the average. So when, when did you last see a flower on it?
6: Um, maybe about
3: two months ago. Okay. So for now, I mean, keep doing what you're doing. If it looks beautiful, then obviously you're doing something right. So if I cut the stalks, it's okay? Um, this, the flower stalks, once they're gone, they're gone. But I do find that sometimes if you leave the stalk, surprisingly, another little bud oh, sort of shoots off the side. But not necessarily. It just kind of depends on the environment it's in. Oh. For now, your main thing is, like I say, wherever you've got it, it's obviously doing well. Oh, it's so
6: beautiful. It's a le- nice plant, but yeah. there's no flower. Well, talks on it.
3: but remember that it does like a high humidity. So if you like misting your plants, don't oh, okay. hesitate to mist at least once or twice a day. Okay. Um, you could also purchase some orchid fertilizer. Okay. And read the instructions on that and start using that on a regular basis. And that will, you know, help Eventually with the it will grow. flower bud formation. Okay. And, of course, you're probably seeing a new leaf or maybe two yeah, new yeah. leaves. Yeah, there is yeah. one that's huger than the one there was before. Yeah, perfect. So it's obviously a good indication that you are doing something right. Okay. Just The the fertilizer may make a difference in terms of uh, flower bud formation. Okay. And uh, you will see, like they often do start flowering in January, I find, anyway. Okay. So okay. Uh, don't, don't panic. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love your show. Thanks so much, Francis. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye.
2: You know our little mantra we give out: uh, call early, call often, one question per call. Yeah, I know that. Well, sound of a gun. Here's Mary again from Brampton. She called in the second time. Hey, good Excellent. morning, again. Morning,
6: really. I'm. I am surprised.
3: <laughs> morning, <laughs> Mary.
6: Uh, this is a follow-up question to the hibiscus question I asked you. Hmm. Uh, brought it inside. Eighty percent of the leaves sell out, except the buds. Since then, I've had like maybe 12 buds opening over the period of (laughs) of the last month. Uh Now my plant looks like a skeleton with, with leaves all the way on top.
2: Perfect for Halloween. Yeah,
6: right.
3: (laughs) So does it have any leaves on it at all?
6: Oh, yeah. Mostly on the top, a couple coming up lower down, but it's leggy.
3: Right. Okay, so what's happened is the older leaves have dropped. Yeah. The newer leaves are still there. Mm -hmm. It will continue to grow more leaves. It's probably happened as a result of the, the the trauma of outside brightness and inside not so bright definitely and so the plant reacts by dropping a whole bunch of leaves because those leaves aren't getting sufficient sunlight the new leaves that are going to start coming out will be perfect though because they're going to be attuned to where it is now inside in March so in a few months in March like for now you're just going to keep it alive it's not going to be the prettiest plant in the world but you're just going to let it be water as necessary turn it 180 degrees every week or so yeah. in the window. Yeah, I've been doing all that. Yep, and then in, in probably early or even mid-March, you're going to get out your pruners, and you're going to prune it right down. You're going to take off as much as a third or a half of all that top, top okay. stuff.
6: Yeah, looking at the plant, I could see where from an original branch, it's, it's notched out to another three branches.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: So I'm figuring that's where I'm going to cut it down to.
3: You could, yep. Okay, so just, just, just let it be there for yeah. Halloween. Yep, exactly. Put some lights <laughs> yeah. on it for Christmas, you know, like whatever. <laughs> just enjoy it as it is and, and recognize that you can change it dramatically next. Late winter, in preparation for spring, because all all new growth is going to start, and that'll be your time to shorten it it and make it more dense. But
6: but, uh, cut it back in about mid-March.
3: That's right. And no fertilizer or anything until then.
6: Understood. Thank you so much. No, you're very welcome. Thank you.
2: Thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning at AM 740, The Garden Show, where next is a little uh, trot-off to Burlington, and Shirley is there. Hi. Good morning, Shirley.
6: Hi. Good Morning. Hi, thanks very much for taking my call. It's really nice to hear your show every weekend. Anyways, my problem is mildew on my flocks in my garden. Mm-hmm. They, it's really devastated the flocks. Are they going to live or what do I do about it?
3: So this is garden flocks. It uh, gets a uh, powdery mildew on the leaves, and right. the leaves turn white, and then they turn yellow, and then they turn brown. Yeah. And so two options, or actually even three options. One is it's probably fine. Um, we did have, remember what happened there after that dry summer, it started to rain in September, and we suddenly got a whole bunch of rain, and we saw a fair amount of mildew at that point. Yeah. So... There are newer varieties of flocks out there mm-hmm. which are much more resistant to uh-huh. mildew. So you could um, compost your existing flocks mm-hmm. and get new, bring some, one of the newer varieties in. You wouldn't have as big a problem. I see. Also, another option is say, okay, where I've got my flocks, it's a little bit shady or it's a little bit of a dead zone in terms of air circulation. Yeah. And shade and lack of air will always exacerbate a, a mildew problem. Oh, I think. So you could consider moving that phlox next spring to a airier, brighter spot, and then you're less likely to have as much of a mildew problem in the future. But
6: you can't get rid of the mildew itself. Like, it, it, they look like they're going to die.
3: Yeah, well, now is the time of year that we're cutting it all down to ground level anyway for the winter. I would recommend that you remove that material that you cut down, mm-hmm. and don't keep it on the property, don't compost it, uh, just right out into the... Into the um, Organic waste or whatever, because the flocks, uh, sorry, the um, the fungal spores, those microscopic spores, they will remain in the garden on the debris, on the leaf debris, and in the soil. I so think. you want, you never want to keep the the, the foliage and the material that had a, any kind of a fungus on the property, whether it's on from roses or from flocks or from lilacs. We we get those mildews happening. It's always best to remove that material from the property. That oh. helps lower the Chance as well.
6: Fine, that's great. Thanks very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks
2: for your call. Take care, Shirley. I'm keeping my eye on the line uh, from the Zoomer show because we're going to get a report soon, I would think, from uh, Bill Gable. But uh, just before that, I see you're I starting, to starting to do starting your, my your knee bends. I have to give her <laughs> all these little clues, you know, and
3: cues. You know so. what? I'm I'm off in the land of flocks and fungus. You know, it's hard to hard <laughs> to wow, be everywhere. I, love the there. <laughs> I know. So instead, we're going to do uh, finger push-ups. Like you, you love doing them. <laughs> all right. The reason Frank and I are joking about doing some exercises because because Sierra Sil is a completely natural mineral supplement that both of us take, and we do feel better as a result. We're able to stay more active, the joints aren't so creaky, and uh, and as stiff, you know. I mean, I was out raking leaves for a number of hours this past week on in some of that nice sunny weather, and I wasn't hurting at all the next day, I'm proud to say. And I'm sure Sierra Sil had Doing something to do part. with that. Yeah. So. Sierra Sil is uh, spelled just like the mountains, the Sierra Mountains and then S I L. Of course there is a website, so sierasil.ca. There's wonderful people standing by on the phone at 1877 joint 14. Or you can pick up Sierracil at many of your local health food stores. For example, uh, the Essence of Life on Kensington Avenue, Ambrosia Natural Foods in New Market and Thornhill both carry Sierracil.
2: S I E R R A S I L. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, joining Charlie, of course, every Saturday morning here at 9 through to 10. Having you know
3: what's, fun talking having about gardening.
2: fun, yeah. You know, uh, you've often said that the gardeners are uh, the, the kindest people. They Friendliest, love, too. They love sharing things, and mm-hmm. here's a perfect example now. John is on the line from Brampton, and I understand he has a solution to an earlier hibiscus question, so let's see what he's got to say. Hi, John. Morning.
7: Morning. I have a hibiscus which I have about 15 years, and I have the same problem every year. But I just bring that inside, and I allow those finishing blooms to finish, and then I cut and trim the tops of the shoots so that they will not try to develop new ones,
0: mm-hmm.
7: and that will get strong. And to the close to the Christmas, I trim back, the hibiscus, about a two-thirds of its growth, because I am getting it in, it's about 60 feet tall, about at four or five feet in diameter. Wow. So I cannot have it this way inside <laughs> my hallway.
3: <laughs> Take over the house. And
7: I lower the watering yeah. and uh, during, let's say, March, it starts to uh, develop that uh, little green. Which they are yeah. dormants on, on the plant and uh-huh. they coming out and I have a hibiscus in the springtime, really big and uh, green and I have to sometimes even thinner it out because it's so much uh, dense and I have uh, during the summer which will sit under full sun uh, Thirty to forty blooms yeah. every day. Yeah.
3: Wow. wow. So, John, this this is what you've done in order to maintain this hibiscus for fifteen years. Yes. And so you said you cut it down by as much as two thirds yes. in there about.
7: Are, there are those heavy stalks there, yeah. and those young shoots, yeah. which they coming every year, which they comes up to two feet, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes. I trim them all the way back, mm-hmm. so uh, th- th- there is a uh, room on them for those um, uh, dormant buds that they. Would start to shoot in the springtime right. again.
3: So a little bit of water and it it sits someplace uh, where there's a bit of light, obviously.
7: Oh yeah, it is sitting in the hallway. There is a there is a uh, window okay. nearby, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's getting that uh, light from the top okay. because that is that uh, window in the in the roof there. Great. So, it, it is it is good position for it. I I just have to admit S- it. but I believe, the size. Uh, this way you yeah. could sort of uh, salvage the hibiscus and, right. and it will last you for years and years.
3: Perfect. Thanks so much, well, John. thank you, John. So this is what John's saying is he's keeping the hibiscus in a semi-dormant state and he's cutting it way back. Now, he's responding to Sharon, who called us from Cannington, who has no place to put a monster hibiscus and yeah. was looking for a, a home. So hopefully she's still listening. John's suggestion is... If you don't have room, cut it way, way, way back. Water sparingly. Keep it in some sunshine, and expect it to start growing in around, you know, March.
7: And one only, only trick is that that in the springtime, uh, that person or whoever it has this problem has to uh, slowly uh, get it used to, to the sun, and then place it to the full sun.
3: That's right, exactly. You don't want to just go straight out in the sun, otherwise you burn you all the leaves. All leaves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, John. That's You're great. Welcome. Good suggestion.
2: Super. Glad you called. And uh, our listener from uh, Canningston will be awfully glad, too, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, Stephen, we've got a call in here from Hamilton, so let's get Steve on the line. Good morning.
3: Good morning. Morning. Rick and
6: Charlie, good morning to both of you. Uh, the reason for my call is about the last two years, well, three years ago, I planted carmen stonecrop sedums mm-hmm. uh, throughout the garden. And what I'm finding, and this is the second year now, is that obviously I'm watching walking by other people's gardens and they're standing up, their sedums are standing tall, but mine end up falling from the middle.
3: Flopping. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. know. You know what? Do you have really good soil or do you fertilize quite a bit?
7: Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I'd like to say I do.
3: Okay, so what's probably happening, sedum is a, um, it's a succulent and it grows under pretty adverse conditions. So this drought kind of summer we just had was perfect for sedum because it handles the hot drought. But if you've got a really fertile soil or if you're somebody who fertilizes pretty regularly, sedum tends to take advantage of that and grow quite tall. Right. Then it gets these huge big flowers and then it flops over with those top heavy flowers and the skinny little stems. Right. Okay. How you can avoid that in the future... Is and mark this on your calendar. Next year, about the middle of June, you're going to go out with a pair of shears, and wherever you've got sedum growing, you're going to you're going to literally like give a haircut and a shearing of your sedum down to half the height of whatever they are at that time. So yeah, okay. so if they're about eight inches tall, you're going to cut them down to four inches tall. Okay. And what's going to happen is you're going to end up with more stems, but they're going to be right. shorter. Okay. Okay.
6: All right. I thank you very much, Charlie. You're and very Frank.
3: welcome. And they should not fall over as a they result. They should not <laughs> fall
6: over again. <laughs> I don't have to uh, uh, separate them in any which way. Some people said that basically...
3: Eventually, you're going to have too much sedum. So, yeah, eventually, you're going to have to start giving some away to friends.
6: Right, right. So, <laughs>
3: thank <laughs> okay. you very
6: much.
2: Enjoy your day. You okay, too. Okay, you too. Thanks, Thanks for joining thank us. You. Yeah, it's it's amazing uh, how many folks say they join us every Saturday morning. You know, and it's kind of like a little family I gathering, know. right? Big family
3: gathering. Yeah, you we're betcha. a big family. Exactly. We've got fans everywhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All over the place. The world. Yes. Uh, I, I have to give one little reminder. I know. You just
3: always want to get something in Well, yep.
2: no, but it's it's a great show that comes on just after uh, Dave's Corner Garage. Mm-hmm. It's the place for natural health information and conversation. It's called The Natural Health Show. Oh, one hour of name. original programming every Saturday morning at 11 Right here in the new AM 740.
3: <laughs> <There>. <laughs> Thank now, you. Thank I, you, I you for out, that. I kept
2: trouble with the, the PD, our program director. Uh, because I have to do do those little things. You know, to time time. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's
3: why you get paid the big bucks, Well, I of
2: course. Yes. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs>
3: so tell me what you're doing after the garden show.
2: Well, I'm going to have a little sandwich mm-hmm. after because the, the boys take over the, the shop here. That's you know, true. Dave's corner Garage. The zoom, wow. Zoom, boys. Yeah, that's right. And uh, then I'm going to be... Uh, uh, back at noon for the diner, I've mm. already got some requests. Excellent. Folks that uh, emailed me, mm. and I'll be taking requests for more. And then, of course, from 1 to 3, it's uh, lots of music, lots of uh, the best of the best here on AM7.
3: And then you're going to get in your car, and you're going to drive home carefully in the wet. That's right. To St. Catharines in
2: yeah just have, a, have the, the rest of the weekend off. it's gonna be wet and
3: slippery stri- yeah. it is a bit slippery out there so be careful if you are doing any driving and be careful of leaves leaves are very slippery on the ground when you're walking you know you don't really think about these things but then you all of a sudden you hit one with your heel and it's just like zing, exactly it's like you know mud or something it's just sheer yeah. uh, ice so be careful when you're walking on wet pavement with leaves
2: Absolutely. And you have yourself a wonderful day. Here,
3: Thank you very much. I'm going home to do some accounting. I can't wait.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, lovely. And then tomorrow may be dropping over to the Zoomer
3: show. Uh, Exactly. Uh, Of course. Being a Zoomer, I have to go see what's going on down at the show. (laughs) And uh, there you go. And um, as well, I will tell you more about this next week. But, you know, Canada blooms. It starts raising Uh its wacky head. So I'm busy on that as well. (laughs) Good heavens. When's
2: that come? In March. March 15th. Yep. Yep. All righty. Well, it's all good. I'm at it now. Same time, same station. Charlie, thank you so much.
3: Thanks so much, Nada. Thanks, Frank. And thanks to all our great callers. See you next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.